0: Angels. We're going to talk about angels today, and I think that's somewhat appropriate considering that it's the Christmas season. Matter of fact, in just a moment, when we read uh, some of the Christmas story, you'll notice that angels appear over and over and over again. Not one time or twice, not three times, not four times, but five different times if you look at the entire Christmas story narrative. And not just that, it's not just in the Christmas story. We see angels mentioned throughout scriptures. We see Jesus talking about angels. So if angels are that prevalent, then it tells me that's something we need to know a little bit more about. Of course, our culture already tells us all about angels. And there's constantly movies coming out about angels. There were angels in the outfield. Um, there was an angel played by John Travolta. There were all kind of angel movies. Touched by an Angel was a popular television show. Who can forget uh, the Christmas story? Or not the Christmas story, but uh, is, It's a Wonderful Life. Remember by George Bailey and Clarence, his angel was trying to get his wings, which is not biblical, but anyway. Um, Hollywood kind of makes up a narrative. Uh, Books, I remember reading a book about the littlest angel when I was a child. We put angels on our tree. We sing about angels in church. We just sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The first Noel is about angels. We have all kinds of songs that mention angels. So what do angels have to do with your life and my life today, with this Christmas season? Well, let's start with the Christmas story, and let's see how often the Bible mentions angels to us. If you have your Bibles, you're free to Look along with me or read along with me in Luke chapter 1, beginning with the 11th verse, Luke chapter 1, and right here we're going to start off with Zechariah, and Zechariah is the to-be father of John the Baptist. This is the first time in the New Testament and certainly the first time in the story we see angels showing up, and we'll see that angels keep doing three things. They worship, they serve, and they proclaim. They worship, they serve, and they proclaim. They are God's messengers. In Luke chapter one, verse 11, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right hand of the altar. This is Zechariah, the priest who has gone in to the temple to do his priestly duties And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. He sees an angel. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. We see two times angels showing up and giving names and they're the most important two names in scripture or the greatest two names in scripture anyway. The first one is John and scripture tells us there was no one greater than or uh, no one greater after John. And then we see the next time we'll see the angel showing up and telling uh, Mary and Joseph to name their son Jesus. But here's Zachariah. He's been praying for a child. And the angel shows up and tells him, you're going to have a son. He's going to be called John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice his birth for he will be great before the Lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And he will turn many the Bible says, of the children of Israel to the Lord and their God. And he will go before him in the spirit of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers and the children and disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zacharias said to the angels, how shall, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand In the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. I'm Gabriel. Uh, We'll see in just a moment, there are only three angels that are named, and Gabriel is one of them. Gabriel is also seen in the book of Daniel, and now he shows up here in the first chapter of Luke. And in verse 26 through 38, In the sixth month, we're going to go on to another story. So that was the first time Gabriel appears. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The Lord's with you. And the Bible says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Here's Gabriel telling Mary to name her son Yahshua. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done according to your word. And the angel departed. Then in Matthew chapter one, verse 20 and as he considered these things, being Joseph, after he's found out that Mary is pregnant, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for which is, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. And then in Luke chapter 2, verses eight through 20. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, one who is to be Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. The baby will be wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, when you see that term heavenly host, it talks about a great gathering of angels. And now there's an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased we see angels occurring over and over again. if we wanted to, we could continue into Matthew chapter 2. And this is after Jesus is born. And in Matthew chapter 2, the Bible tells us that <clears throat> when Herod sought to kill the child that night, then an angel uh, spoke to Joseph in a dream and told him to go to Egypt. And so he took his family, went to Egypt. And Jesus was saved. And then, just a few verses later, after a couple of years, an angel awakens him again and tells him, those whom sought to kill the child are dead. You can return home now. We see that, actually, five, even six different times. Angels in the Christmas story. Angels. Fascinating characters fascinating individuals. Who are they and what are they? Well, let's talk about some of the titles for angels to begin with. We see multiple titles used in Scripture. We see the term messengers used here in Luke one nineteen, and that's one of their principal responsibilities. We see that they're called watchers in Daniel chapter 4. The host of heaven In 1 Kings 22. Sons of the mighty in Psalm 29.1. Sons of God in Job 1.6. And ministering spirits in Hebrews 1.14. Let's look at that passage right there. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament clearly what angels are are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? That's you and I. Angels are ministering spirits on behalf of God. They minister on his behalf, they minister to him and they minister to us. Now there are several types of angels listed in scripture. Uh, One would be seraphim found in the book of Isaiah. And then cherubs are found in Isaiah, uh, in Genesis, and in Ezekiel. Cherubs and seraphim. Now, it's difficult to ascertain the exact difference between these two types of angels. We know that they both are before the throne of heaven and that they are guards and they are holy. Uh, We know that they are all, again, messengers, messengers. And we know that they're worshipers. And we know that they proclaim the truth of God. But the Bible does give those two types of distinctions. And there are cherubs even found uh, on the ark. Ark of the covenant. Then there the term archangel that we see. And the archangel that we see in scripture is called Michael. And so this seems to be a chief angel, a chief leader of the angel host of armies. And then there are fallen angels. We read about this in Jude, in 2nd Peter, Matthew 25. Fallen angels are demons, those who were disobedient, those who chose to rebel against God almighty. What are the attributes of angels? Well, we know this. They were created by God and for God. They were present when God created the world, according to Job 38. And they are not to be worshipped because we see, we see an angel in Revelation chapter 19. And uh, they are forbidden. They forbid those who would seek to worship them and bow down before them. So they are not to be worshipped. Only God is to be worshipped. They are eternal, according to Luke chapter 20. They're innumerable. They are many, according to Hebrews chapter 12. And they can appear in human form. The Bible says in Hebrews thirteen two. be careful that you've not entertained angels unaware, uh, which is probably making a reference to Genesis 18, when um, Abraham encountered a couple of individuals. They looked in human form, and he thought they were, but he knew they represented God in some fashion. And so he showed them hospitality. And then, even though it's controversial, angels are guardians. They can be guardians for us. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is speaking here in verse 10, and he said, see that you do not spies these little ones. Now, he's talking about those who've come to Christ, those who are certainly young, but those who would be young in the faith. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus said that there are angels in heaven who represent the believers who speak forth on their account. Now, there are certainly angels that are recorded in the Bible. We mentioned Gabriel. He shows up three times. He shows up in the Old Testament in Daniel, pointing toward the Messiah. And then in the New Testament that we read here a while ago, uh, we see him two different times pointing toward the Messiah. There's Michael, uh, who is an archangel, and then there's Lucifer or Satan, is also identified in the Old Testament. Again, angels' primary purposes, and we see this in the Christmas story, and we see this over and over again, is that of worship, as they worship around the throne, as they sing, as they bring glory to God, as they serve on His behalf as messengers, and as they proclaim the truth, as they did to the shepherds, and they proclaimed the gospel. We see these messages and we see this encouragement. Matter of fact, they can inspire us as we recognize that we are worshipers. You know, I I think about that sometimes. We are to sing and we do that on Sunday morning and hopefully do that throughout the week. Singing is a way that we worship. And I, I like to think of it this way. You know what? When you sing and when you worship, it sounds beautiful to God because I believe the angels, they kind of come in and the Bible says that they're ministering spirits. So I think for some of us, we need a little ministering spirit to help us when we sing and they kind of harmonize and they make it sound so beautiful. Not only do they worship, but they're messengers. So are we to be messengers. And I believe that sometimes when God commissions us, when God calls us, when he sends us out, when he uses us, that his angels, the Bible says in Psalms, is giving charge over me. They minister, they assist, they encourage. And then, of course, when we proclaim the truth of God's word, when we proclaim the good news of the gospel that all men are sinned, but a great God in heaven loves everyone, and he was willing to pay the price of our sins so that we might be in right relationship by God through Jesus Christ. What a great proclamation, what a great message. Uh, many of you know, uh, this coming Tuesday will be three weeks ago, my father passed away. And it was my father's birthday. And so I had put some stuff together that morning and I was pulling up uh, to where he lived, where he was staying in assisted living at the time. Uh, my father's health had deteriorated and it had gotten really bad. And so I knew this might be one of the last... Birthdays, And so I had some stuff I could drop off because I couldn't go in. And as I was walking in, I noticed my mom sent me a message and I said, okay, well, I'll hopefully see her here in a moment. And as I walked up to the door, uh, they came to, to me and I could tell something wasn't quite right. And so after a minute or two, I said, uh, he passed away, didn't he? And they said, yes, he did. Uh, you can come on back and see your mother. So I went on back to see him. He had just passed away just a few minutes, uh, before that time. And so when I got back to the room, I visited with her for a while and then she had to go take care of a few things. And so I went in to see my father and, uh, as I went in, he had only passed away just within maybe 10, 12 minutes. And so, uh, I talked with him for a little bit. Uh, and I know that's mainly uh, psychological because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And uh, as I was sitting there visiting, I, I recalled one of the very first sermons that I ever preached when I was 18 years old. And my father had gone with me and we had talked about it. And uh, there's a passage in Luke chapter 16, which was that first sermon that I preached. And in verse 22 It says, and the poor man, speaking of Lazarus, died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side or to Abraham's bosom. So when Lazarus died, Jesus is telling this story, when Lazarus died, uh, he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Now that's the Jewish concept of heaven. It's where the righteous would dwell. It was the Jewish concept at that time. And I thought about that and I thought about that passage of scripture. And I thought about how my dad had not wanted to be here anymore, quite frankly, how he missed home in Louisiana, but he could no longer walk. He could no longer take care of himself. And I knew how he longed, anytime you ask him to be back home, to be where there were wide open spaces, where there was plenty of room, where there was the Hebrew word Rehoboth, And uh, I thought about this, I thought about as he breathed his last breath, I thought about this passage, that the angels, kind of acting as the real estate agent, taking him from your little bitty home to your new home in the presence of God Almighty, where all is right, where all is what you dreamed that it would be, that he didn't even take that journey alone, for God in his loving compassion sent angels to escort him into the presence of God. The warmth, the love, the ideal that once we pass away as children of God, God in his infinite love has those who will literally carry us into his presence the confidence, the warmth, the glory of God Almighty. Isn't it amazing that we serve a God who not only gives us salvation through Jesus Christ, who not only empowers us through the Holy Spirit, but ministers to us in the valleys of the shadow of death and in the good times. Angels who are encouraging and who are working and ministering for the glory of God through us and to us on his behalf. What a gracious God we serve. What a gracious gift to know that angels are watching over us. That know that angels are ministering to us. That angels are like us. They're worshipers. They're servants. And they're proclaimers of the good news, of the truth of God Almighty. Do you know my Jesus? To know him is to have the greatest gift that you could ever have, the grace of salvation and the gift of salvation. But it doesn't just stop there. The gift of his spirit and the gift of his ministering spirits unto us. Hey, I don't know how you could make it without him but I'm sure thankful that we have him. I'm thankful for what he's done in the past, for what he'll do today, and ultimately to where he'll take me. Do you know Jesus Christ? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that while we were still sinners, you died for us. Thank you for the beautiful story, Christmas story, where we see angels showing up to declare the good news that Jesus Christ would come. Thank you, Lord, that we are ministered to by your spirit and through your holy angels. And thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fear death for those who believe in Christ Jesus. For those of us who've lost loved ones, Lord, we know that those who are in Christ Jesus have been ministered to and been given a new body, a new life. Apart from this world, the person of Jesus Christ. So until that day, Lord, may we give you thanks and praise and recognize how loved we are by you, the God of the universe. In your name we pray, amen.